0: Hey, Christy, I've been thinking about the big reveal of Flashpoint.
1: Oh, that Barry Allen selfishly changed the entire world for his own comfort?
0: Yeah, that. Well, anyway, I haven't had anyone in my family be killed by a supervillain, so I'm trying to think of other times in my life that I would love to go back and change, even with the risk of destroying the entire universe.
1: Wait, what kinds of things are so awful in your life that you want to change history that badly?
0: Wow. There was that one time I spilled water on the front of my slacks and it made me look like I peed my pants.
1: Oh, uh, I, I can one-up that one. I would go back in time and change that one time I called my grade school teacher mom and everyone laughed at me.
0: Christy, I'm cringing so hard. That is absolutely worth destroying the universe for. But I think I got you.
1: Yeah? How can you top that?
0: One time I was walking down the street and I saw someone wave at me. Oh, no. And I looked back at him and offered a hearty wave, even though I didn't know who he was.
1: Oh, here it comes. But then I
0: noticed he wasn't looking at me. I turned around. Oh,
1: no. And he was waving at the
0: person behind me.
1: Oh, that is awful. Yeah, game over, universe.
0: Well, anyway, we have other universe-ending things to discuss. You want to talk about comics?
1: Yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And
0: I'm Chris Edelman.
1: And this is Chris's On Infinite Earths. The
0: podcast where nothing will ever be the same.
1: Welcome, readers, to our second and final Flashpoint episode.
0: We have enjoyed reading Flashpoint. We have been interested in reading Flashpoint, at the very least. Mm -hmm.
1: My favorite part about this podcast is that I get exposed to all sorts of comics that I never would have read were I not the host of a crossover podcast.
0: And what Flashpoint is only five issues, so it really only took us the couple of episodes to get through it.
1: Right. Unless you talk about, like, I was like, gosh, but tie-ins. I should read some tie-ins, right? Guys, there are so many tie-ins, and, like, none of them are essential in any way to the crossover. So there you go. I I let you know. The, yep. <laughs> it's just like, hey, were you vaguely interested in some of these characters that are way bonkers and different? Great, then read their mini series. It will add little to nothing to your overall enjoyment of Flashpoint. In fact, it will feel like something incredibly different.
0: Yeah. It definitely seemed like did you want do you want to know more in comic book form?
1: Yeah. I mean, not that Not that they're not, like, enjoyable in their own right, but Flashpoint definitely, from the tie-ins that I've read, Flashpoint can definitely stand all on its own. But I think we'll wind up talking more about the tie-ins later.
0: Yep. We hope you're all staying warm this week. It is incredibly cold here and is going to only get colder. But let's let's heat things up with a summary. (laughs) Summary. Flashpoint number four. Written by Jeff Johns, penciled by Andy Kubert, inked by Jesse Delperdang, colored by Alex Sinclair, lettered by Nick J. Napolitano, and edited by Ricks Ogle and Kate Duray.
1: Flashpoint number five. Written by Jeff Johns, penciled by Andy Kubert, inked by Jesse Delperdang and Sandra Hope, colored by Alex Sinclair, lettered by Nick Napolitano, edited by Eddie Berganza, Rex Ogle, and Kate Duray.
0: As Flashpoint number four opens, we catch the Marvel family nervously contemplating their future and that of the entire planet while hotshot pilot Hal Jordan prepares to fly a preemptive strike to Europe. Flash and crew attempt to fight their way through the Project Superman guards before being saved by Element Woman, who has come equipped with her Element powers as well as extra juice boxes. As the team plans more recruitment, Barry starts to lose more and more of his real memories. They gotta end this whole deal quickly or Barry will never remember the true timeline.
1: As the Marvel family argues about what to do about the entire situation... Billy gives a rousing speech about found families and how nothing will exist if Aquaman and Wonder Woman continue to fight. Also, he kind of uses a pizza metaphor. It's, it's a little strange. Well, before long, Batman kicks the door down and asks for the Marvel family's help in assisting with Barry's mental deterioration, as their magic lightning has helped Sandman in the past. Billy makes with the zapping and manages to see visions of the Marvel family from the Prime Universe.
0: New reports confirm the death of Hal Jordan by a fleet of invisible jets, and Flash reiterates to Batman that by gosh they have to help. Batman is still very much on the fix the timeline and nothing else matters plan, but Barry asks Cyborg to get everyone they can to head to the UK and stop this whole thing. Cyborg affirms that no way in heck is anyone going to go without Batman, but the Marvel family and element woman are in. Batman still refuses silently, and the team starts to leave with Barry stating that Bruce would have come. This is a low enough blow to get Batman on board, and they head off in Batman's plane. On the way there, they are joined by somehow the only member of the Secret Seven left, Enchantress.
1: On New mascara, things are going pretty poorly as Aquaman fights Wonder Woman to the death. Our heroes arrive and start clearing house, with Captain Thunder taking on Wonder Woman. However, the traitor is revealed as Enchantress uses her magic to de-transform Captain Thunder, leaving Billy defenseless. Wonder Woman brutally stabs him, and all hope seems lost before, finally, Reverse Flash arrives...
0: The final issue begins with Cyborg and Element Woman attempting to fend off the combined forces of Atlanteans and Amazons, while Reverse Flash finally explains what the heck is going on while beating the ever-living heck out of Barry. Turns out the first memory that Barry forgot was that this whole mess was his fault, as he went back in time to save his mom from Reverse Flash, and in doing so messed up the entire timeline like a total amateur.
1: Batman joins the fight only to be terribly outmatched by a still villain-splaining reverse flash. Thawne explains that before this moment, he could never kill Barry since otherwise he would not exist. However, when Barry changed the timeline, Thawne was outside of reality in the time stream, which leaves him a living paradox. As such, he can now kill barry whenever the heck he wants he doesn't get the chance though as batman pulls a last issue wonder woman and gore's reverse flash with a sword
0: things are still not looking great as enchantress is throwing her green magic all over the place the battle is joined by the resistance who is still quickly outmatched by enchantress Batman is also incapacitated by her before we get a classic DC deus ex machina. Superman arrives, stomping her into the ground and attacking both Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Meanwhile, the Atlanteans' masterstroke is revealed as they try to sink the entire island with seismic activity, threatening to crack the entire planet into bits.
1: Batman tells Barry to just solve this whole thing, and he races away to find his mom. Barry somehow has time to explain this whole thing to his mother, and she insists that he restore the timeline, even if it kills her. Tearfully, Barry goes back in time to stop his past self from saving his mother. This creates a huge continuity reset, as an enigmatic figure in the time stream explains that the three DC timelines will merge together to strengthen the universe against some unexplained interloper's arrival. Yeah, it's pretty confusing.
0: Anyway, Barry awakens in the main timeline with everything back to normal. He goes to find Bruce Wayne, who is, of course, Batman again. He explains everything to Bruce, but states that he still has his memories from that timeline. Bruce calls it a gift to make the entire mess a little bit easier, and Flash gives Bruce a letter from Thomas, which leaves the Dark Knight in happy tears as we end our tale.
1: All right. So, Chris, I know you read Flashpoint once upon a time and you were kind of eh about it. After reading through again to cover for the crossover, have your feelings changed? Nope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the big deal about Flashpoint for the most part is back in 2011, DC Comics decided that they were going to start all over. That they were going to literally start every, every series back at issue one and they were going to start as if it was a completely new s- story and timeline except they couldn't even quite do that and a lot of stuff still had like well you know batman did all this stuff before so th- <laughs> even that wasn't quite successful but flashpoint is what kicked it off mm-hmm. so at the end of flashpoint everything got restarted and it in, i think flashpoint ended in august and in august in 2011 so mm-hmm. you and i had been married a month yes and the next month the new 52 started so I guess at the time I was really excited about what the new 52 was going to bring. Uh-huh. But in retrospect, a lot of the new 52 was somewhat of like a weird kind of failure. So it's a little bit bittersweet because at first I wasn't, I wasn't like hugely in the flashpoint. It kind of, it like held my interest, but kind of just knowing that it was like a lead up to something that I ultimately wasn't like the biggest fan of mm-hmm. that kind of maybe makes it a little bit harder for me. I went from getting like a decent amount of DC comics to getting like Maybe one or two.
1: So I have no idea if you know this, but is Flashpoint kind of like chicken and the egg scenario? Was Flashpoint conceived of as a way to be- kick off the New 52? Or is it a story somebody wanted to told- tell that coincided?
0: I think they needed a way to get to the New 52, and that was the way they wanted to do it. But I haven't read enough of Jeff Johns's flash run leading up to this.
1: Because mm-hmm. Jeff
0: Johns retconned Barry's origin to make his mom having been killed by reverse flash. So to some extent that's been, that had been there for a bit. So mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if it's a story he wanted to do and just kind of, cause you don't need the new 52 to happen afterward. No, you could literally just go and everything's back to normal.
1: Right. Right.
0: In fact, it kind of seems like that's the way this story is going to end. It just so happens that
1: when he's in the time stream,
0: there's like a thing that happens.
1: Yeah. That was, that was so strange to me. I was like, okay, yeah, it seemed like we were wrapping up and then like, oh, it seems like it's kicking something new off, which makes sense in the context of what's going on in DC at the time. But in the terms of telling the story of Flashpoint, not maybe super necessary.
0: Right. It was a little, little George perez Oh. In that it was like, let's throw a bunch of stuff together yeah. and kind of make like an overarching panel.
1: Yeah. It was uh, d- definitely kind of a contender for my uh coolest moment, just because it looked really cool, but story-wise, I don't know that it actually was that exciting of a moment.
0: I mean, at the time I was reading, I was like, oh, here it comes. We're going to get the new 52. Mm -hmm. And that that character that is in the background, like, she was very mysterious for a while. Mm. Man, Pandora. She's known as Pandora later, but not at this point.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Flashpoint, for what it's worth, is incredibly important.
1: Right. But is it a good story?
0: I think it's a really basic story. Yes. And I think it a bit of it undercuts itself at the end. So one of the running themes throughout this comic is that you, there's no magic switch to fix all your problems and that you need to deal with things in the here and the now. And there are no, like, the, like there there aren't magic solutions. Because Batman wants a magic solution to this entire problem. He wants the timeline to be fixed so that none, because he's, he's already checked out. Mm -hmm. Whereas the entire story is Barry saying, yes, I need to fix this timeline, but we also have to help. And Batman says, well, we, the best way to help is with the magic solution.
1: Right, right. And this whole thing is like, the whole story is like, let's rally everybody together. We have to try and save this earth because it may be the only one that we have. But then, whoops, the magic switch gets flipped and then none of this earth matters anyway.
0: Yeah. So, like, it's undercut by its ending of... Batman does go with them to help, but ultimately, like, that's not what solves the problem.
1: Right. Like, all of the work that they've done in the comic is totally unnecessary. And what actually saves the day is Thawne in showing up.
0: way. He explains what's going on, which allows he Barry to fix it. He explains what's going
1: on and gives Barry's memories back, which allows Barry to go back and fix it. hmm Which, like, if Thawne never showed up...
0: hmm yeah, Barry would have had no clue. Right. And they the world probably would have been blown up because the Atlanteans decided to use some devices to sink the entire island into the ocean by like blowing blowing it up or whatever, which is like gonna blow up the entire planet. Like, do they not do their research?
1: Uh no, Aquaman's just real I, I, I read the Wonder Woman and the Aquaman tie-ins, and things are real bad with Aquaman. He can he he's just a, he's just not a very good guy and cannot handle the loss of Mira. Because, uh, you know, Wonder Woman decapitates Mira and then wears Mira's helmet all around.
0: Yeah. A common critique of this comic is that it does Wonder Woman, like, extra dirty. Because she is so unlike her normal self.
1: hmm And with Aquaman, it's kind of... Expl- like, they, they redo his origin to uh-huh. explain, like, well, he was taken away from his dad too soon, and so he didn't really learn all of the lessons about how to be a good person. And so he's just not a good person because, you know, in the nature versus nurture, nurture one out. But, like, Wonder Woman isn't, it's not really explained anything that, um, I mean, I guess her mother is assassinated. And Wonder Woman towards, like, in their tie-ins there towards the end, she really actually does try and kind of fix things up with Aquaman. And this whole war started because the two of them were like, "No, we're going to be a really peaceful, united front." And then both of like their their secondhand peoples, you know, backstab them, manipulate the whole situation, perpetuate a war.
0: Right. It's Wonder but- Woman's aunt and Aquaman's brother, Ocean Master, mm-hmm. are like the the masterminds behind this war. Yes. It is interesting how that is not explored even a little bit in the main tie-in.
1: No, it's but I, definitely not.
0: I guess to the main time, the main story. But I guess to the main story, it just isn't really a thing that matters.
1: No, no. I mean, we know that there's a war going on. It's really bad.
0: But it's kind of a backdrop. It is interesting how it, how it treats its characters in that, like, so DC does Flashpoint a lot. DC loves Flashpoint. They made the comic. They've done it in an animated film. They've done mm-hmm. it on the Flash TV show. It's even been brought back as a timeline in recent comics. One of the recent um, issues of Batman has Flash, I think, and Bat has Flash and Batman, like, briefly visiting the timeline. They love Flashpoint. But it, it doesn't, it only, like, of the main trinity of characters, it, like, only likes Batman. Like, Superman gets, like, almost no time in this comic, and Wonder Woman doesn't get very much time, and the time that she has is just, like, she's just kind of a murder lady. In fact, maybe this entire timeline is just the murder timeline,
1: Right. I mean, Wonder Woman's, like, Britain is basically almost depicted as somewhat of, like a, a Nazi Germany. Like, she has concentration camps. For and, just,
0: like, people?
1: For, like, the people that don't go along with her regime. But apparently only her aunt knows about them. Wonder Woman didn't know this was going on. She was very upset by it. Oh, boy. Um, but there's, like... Gen- Did she stop it? There's Yeah. she She does towards the end. But there's genetic experimentation that's going on. Uh, like they're trying to turn regular people into Amazons, and the people that it doesn't work out with well are just like put into an arena for the trainer, like people training to become Amazons to slaughter. Like, yikes! It's not a great society that she set up, and supposedly she doesn't know about it, but it's it's pretty awful. It
0: it it's weird that they try to give Wonder Woman like a halfway redemption arc when she's already been like so irreparably. She's just she's practically a completely different character. Yeah. Superman, at least, even though he's timid, like, he still has this, like, learning about humanity, being compassionate thing.
1: And you've read... I haven't read his tie-ins, but you, a long time ago... I do,
0: and I remember it a bit. The Superman tie-ins have... So he grows up in this this government facility, and it's really awful. And Mm they... There's another person... Who is also in the facility. So Clark is subject one and subject two is Crypto the Superdog, who, as we saw his crypto skeleton early on, Crypto was killed for attacking Lex Luthor.
1: Yeah, you mentioned that last episode. right? Uh
0: Now, the individual who is subject zero, who is the bad guy in that Mm tie-in, is this timeline's version of Apollo. I may have to explain Apollo a little bit. So the Wildstorm universe, which is now just part of the main DC universe, was a comic universe that was part of Image Comics originally when they made it back in the 90s. Jim Lee's imprint was the Wildstorm universe. Mm-hmm. By the by, eventually there was a comic in the Wildstorm universe called Stormwatch about a group of superheroes, and then that became the Authority. And they kind of dealt with problems on this like massive scale. And that was, I think, the term that people like to use is widescreen comics. Okay. Like, very much like a, like, we have to do big things, the universe is ending, big splash pages. and Like crossovers. Yeah, but like, in it's like crossovers, <laughs> but in like, just a normal right. comic. And, Crossover
1: stakes in a normal comic.
0: Yes. So, in this comic, there is a Superman analog named Apollo. And then his his boyfriend, who is a Batman analog named Midnighter. Okay. And Midnighter is not in this comic, as far as I'm aware. But this version of Apollo is Subject Zero, who is like this individual who the government's experimented on to make him more powerful. And he spends all this time like tormenting Clark. And at one Aww. point he tries to kill Lois. Who so this entire facility is run by Lois Lane's dad, who even in the main universe is an army guy. Yes. Yes, and Lois's dad like grabs a he's not a poly Subject Zero, and they go and they are transported into the Phantom Zone, both of them. Okay. But somehow, like in the Project Superman tie-in, they uh, the uh, the su- or Subject Zero gets out and is at that final battle in Britain. And Superman has to beat him, and and there's an explosion, and Lois is caught in the explosion. So Lois, like the Resistance member, is killed off-screen from the main tie-in.
1: See, reading just her tie-ins, I just assumed that was her death there, because in that one, she's broadcasting the atrocities that the Amazons are committing. The feed goes out. Like, you see her about to be stabbed, the feed goes out. So I had no idea that Superman showed up. That's pretty odd. I mean, I know that Superman showed up in the main storyline. I wonder where he went first?
0: He went to Lois, and then when she was dying after the big explosion from fighting Subject Zero, she said, you have to help people. And that's when he comes and smacks. He, like,
1: obliterates
0: Enchantress.
1: Yeah. That That was a pretty cool entrance.
0: Literally, you just see like her, her like how did, clothing fly away. How did away.
1: find Lois? Oh, of course he found Lois, because Lois is broadcasting worldwide.
0: Also, Superman can just hear those things.
1: Well, that that's true. But, yeah. I mean, he probably like saw and remember Lois, because she's broadcasting worldwide using some tech she augmented with cyborgs tech. Like, some old World War Two tech she augmented <laughs> with cyborgs tech you know, to like broadcast you across the world. So, yeah, I oh. guess a lot of
0: these do kind of... Kind of play in.
1: Well, now I do want to read more of the, I don't know. I want to read the tie-ins more for the stories that they're telling rather than for what they add to the actual, like,
0: yeah, flashpoint. They don't add a ton.
1: No. it's But very, there may be some fun stories.
0: Yeah. It's very much a Flash and Batman story with some corollary.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought as I was reading the main story too. As I would read and all these characters would get introduced, I'm like, okay, what's going on with the main story? It's kind of, uh, but, but gosh, I want to know more about the, these resistance folks or gosh, I want to know more about this, this, this weird, you know, Shazam, this Marvel family here. That's
0: I'm glad you do. I just, it just doesn't, not a thing that interests me. This is not an alternate universe that I like. I feel like everyone is just a pale shadowy imitation of themselves. I I, I, was I, mean, I feel like strong.
1: Lois got to be really awesome.
0: She did, but she's just always awesome. Like, I can just read about Lois in the main timeline.
1: I guess that. But, I don't know. I guess for me, they're, like, the Resistance characters were people that I didn't know about. Right. Which, maybe they've got I don't know. it just—it
0: was hard for me to even want to do research about them when I was like, okay, so I have to find out about this version,
1: this version of them that doesn't out. exist anywhere else. Right. That is that is a little tough because it's like, man, even if I read this stuff, it's not like it's of any consequence anywhere else. Yeah, in the DCU.
0: Like uh, my my reading about the Outsider was like a little summary, and I'm like, okay, I think I just, I could just get this guy.
1: Oh, I read part of that Outsider tie-in. It is rough.
0: They're all rough. And that's just oh, it's, not. Yeah. Maybe like, yes, like 22 year old Chris, like sometimes liked comics like that. Although I remember even when I was reading it the first time when Wonder Woman stabbed Billy, even when I was like a 22 year old who was like, yeah, I like my violent comics. I was like, "That's that's, that's a bit much.
1: And reading the Wonder Woman tie-in, that doesn't make sense for her to do at that point in the story, where she's at in terms of the art. Like, it just doesn't make sense. She's she... realized that she's been manipulated. She's tried to make peace with with Aquaman. She's realizing, like, all of it's like she's having a turning point as a character. And when, I mean, I guess she has a little bit when Aquaman doesn't really receive that. That she's just kind of like, all right, well, screw this. I guess, I guess we're gonna fight, but. I don't know. It still doesn't make sense for her to just, she's like, oh, it's just a kid. Kill him. Like, no, that doesn't make sense with her, (laughs) even in this world.
0: Wonder Woman just, like, is, like, (laughs) the evil Wonder Woman just brushes her, whew, just a kid, (sighs) really into child murder. Uh, I'm Wonder Woman. Here's my card. Wonder Woman, princess of Amazons, loves child murder. There's a lot of stabbing in this.
1: Yeah. Um, very gory stuff.
0: Yeah. Batman stabs reverse flash in a moment that I found hilarious because it's like Andy Kubert forgot to draw Reverse Flash's face. Cause he just says let's look like ooh. <laughs> 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 well gosh darn, I just got murdered. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
0: <laughs> but he did draw his face. He just kind of looks like surprised, but also like a little a little sad. And maybe, like, just a little sleepy.
1: I mean, I feel like I've seen that face, though. Like, when people have those, like, oh, I just got stabbed, like, moment. Uh Like, that's a face that happens. Yeah. He he
0: just didn't look shocked, though. He was just like, oh. (laughs) Looked like he maybe needed, like, some Pepto. (laughs) (laughs) Just rub some on the outside of the sword.
1: (laughs) When is it? Nausea, something, (laughs) (laughs) indigestion, upset tummy.
0: Upset tummy, stab through the chest. (laughs) Yay, (laughs) Pepto-Bismol.
1: Also helps with the stabby (laughs) stabs.
0: Yeah, just take a little Pepto-Bismol. And man, reverse flash does just seem like a complete goober in this. He's like, "Sup, Barry. I just want to tell you how much of a doof you are making this big old mistake. I will also punch you a ton while I'm doing this. Here's everything you did, how to fix it, but now I can kill you. And I'm gonna explain this all to you like I'm a villain right out of 1966."
1: Right the the monologuing. Oh,
0: I mean, it's very Jeff Johns. Like I said, Jeff Johns loves two things: the Silver Age and like hyper violence. <laughs>
1: It's a lot of hyper violence. Oh it's, my god! It's the
0: stabbiest timeline. <laughs> so much stabbing. Who
1: who was it in the time? Was it Artemis that just got like punched in half?
0: Oh, probably
1: by Britannia, who also seemed pretty cool. Don't know if she's got other stuff, but.
0: And Jeff Johns was like, "I really just want to get these random DC UK characters out here." Yeah, and you were like, "Yes,
1: I'm. I'm all on board
0: <laughs> with the with DC UK." <laughs> I don't know if DC had a UK branch in the way that Marvel did. I know that's a little off track, but Marvel literally had, like, Marvel UK. It was like a comic that came out. That's where Captain Britain came from. Different than Britannica.
1: I just always love reading characters that are not popular or well-known or, like, super beloved because then I can feel like they're mine. And there's not as much that I need to know about them for them to be mine.
0: That's totally fair. Some of our friends of the show love having like their their very like niche characters to absolutely love. For Mm -hmm. me, it's Agents of Atlas and Brew from the X Men. For you, I don't know. I guess it's Britannica now. Start to collect all the
1: Britannia.
0: Britannia start to collect Britannica. Like from below,
1: (laughs) who I also love.
0: (laughs) Also good. Britannia, you know, maybe you collect every single appearance of Britannia, You would love Knight and Squire, who are the bat, the Batman and Robin of the UK. Mm-hmm. They're very good.
1: I think I think it's just kind of like gatekeeping myself.
0: There's there's like this concept in wrestling of oh that's my boy, and the, it's never someone who's like a world champion. It's never someone who like gets big pushes. You're just like I, mean, I, I, I th- like them. I
1: guess how it's how I hate giving the main character greatest hero. You yeah. know, accolades, you just, I, I don't know why that. You can't that, do that. Why is that? I mean.
0: Because uh, it's just, it's just uh, you know, we don't want to do things expected.
1: Mm-hmm. You know.
0: But I, I feel you. Like, sometimes I love those, like, third stringers. And some, you get, like, a weird attachment to them in ways. Like, I love Superman. But if he died, like, six times in the next, like, few years, I'd be like, okay, cool. But, like, if they killed, like, my little brew, I would be so mad.
1: Um, right, because not enough people like him to bring him back.
0: Yeah. No, that's 100% true. Characters who are not popular just also don't get brought back when they die, so their deaths honestly feel that much harder. Right. All the deaths in this comic, though, don't. Just, they just—they don't really have a lot of weight other than mm-hmm. like they have a lot of shock value. Sorry, I just have a lot to say about Flashpoint in terms of just I mean, it's, really overusing violence. It's
1: kind of the, the the who's line of comics. Everything's made up and, <laughs> and the points, the points so don't matter. matter. <laughs>
0: Whose timeline is it anyway? (laughs) Scenes from a hat. Wonder Woman and Aquaman are fighting each other because they have unresolved romantic tension that we don't know that much about. Please start.
1: See, but it's not even romantic tension. They were getting married purely, purely for business, purely diplomatic things. Aquaman... And Wonder Woman were totally on board with keeping Mira as like the side piece.
0: Oh boy! Yeah. Did Wonder Woman have anybody? No. Because even in Flashpoint, Wonder Woman can't be by. <laughs> <laughs> she is in the main universe right now.
1: Aw, yay!
0: Yes, I. I guess I don't know if it's like if I don't think it's like super leaned into in the way that it probably could uh-huh. or should be.
1: I like our Who's Line analogy. <laughs> it makes me happy.
0: It happens a lot in alternate universes, though. A lot of times writers love alternate universes because they can just do bonker stuff without having to worry about consequences. Because in long-form superhero storytelling, like, you've got to be really careful. There's a lot of editorial oversight because these toys can't just go back in the toy box forever. right? And I guess they kind of did that here. So we haven't talked enough about Element Woman.
1: What is Enough.
0: And what is enough? About element <laughs> woman? I just love that when she she shows up, someone's like, "What smells like chalk?" and she's like, "That's just me. I smell like chalk." And I'm like, "Why does Element Woman smell like calcium carbonate? Right? Like why that? She can turn into like anything. I smell like chalk.
1: <laughs> At least she smells better than Nightcrawler.
0: Oh yeah, he smells like farts.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know. No, there's worse things she could smell like.
0: Ch- Chalk is greater than cyan farts. Definitely.
1: Definitely. The juice boxes, too?
0: Yeah, that was like, that was like let's be silly. She's got juice boxes. I like that she said, but my top secret code name is Element Woman, that she just announces to everybody. <laughs> that was really great.
1: Oh. I like this
0: flash she's introduced. She just looks like she's having a great time. Uh-huh. But... Yeah, I guess, like, she is, she is kind of like a one-trick pony in it, like, man, they love just being like, you know who is crazy town banana pants? What? Or, uh, not one? Woman, <laughs> she is. <laughs> Element Woman, she's just out there, and her mind's all gone, and we gotta talk about it in every scene. Yeah. Also, she's maybe supposed to be the traitor, which would have actually kind of been a cool twist, but then she's not the traitor
1: it's Enchantress.
0: Right. And apparently that's foreshadowed if you go through the Secret Seven tie-in.
1: Yeah, I was kinda interested in that one. Because
0: she's secretly killing off the rest of them the entire time mm-hmm. and blames it on Shade the Changing Man, also blaming it on him because he's also out of his mind. There's a lot of like this character's they're wild and they don't have they're out of their gourd.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not the best in terms of uh respecting mental health
0: yeah it's the, it, it definitely uses it for humor uh, i mean yeah. i if they didn't like make fun of how have like how so like element woman was i think that she's kind of a fun quirky character but she also gets the treatment of like she's fun and quirky because she's crazy she's
1: got the she gets the crazy eyes treatment
0: she does whereas crazy like crazy eyes from Orange is the New Black, is a very fun and good character, but mm-hmm. there's also some some humor made at her expense. Right. But there are people who genuinely love her in that show, where I feel like Element Woman did not get anybody who genuinely cared for her. They all were just kind of like, pat, pat, thanks for joining us.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I still really love that the Captain... The Well, so Billy's speech, where the Captain Thunder kids are like, well... This thinks that the world is ending, but we're all afeared. And he's like, I got one word to say, and that word is pizza. <laughs> and they're like, what's that mean? And he's like, we're never going to be able to have pizza nights again if the world ends and stuff about found family. And we're, you know, that's the, when we feel the most like family is when we're eating pizza. And I was like, that's a, he got there eventually. <laughs> yes.
1: I was like, um, let, let's see how these, he brings this back around.
0: The writing for that was not my favorite. Yeah. I do could like how Batman just kicks the door off the hinges when he very much just could have knocked.
1: What? You know, that was so cool. And the world's <laughs> ending anyway, and he just knew the timeline was going to get reset, so did he started, the door like, matter?
0: Did he start like littering a bunch and like just eating a bunch of like bad-for-you foods? He's like, timeline's going to end. Let's have a uh, Big Mac on the way over to the UK.
1: Oh, my gosh. Uh, so it makes so much more sense that he's such a mess after what you told me about martha wayne
0: oh yeah from the so, batman tie-in and his his so if you want to if you think this is super murdery that's the most murdery of all of the tie-ins and it the the big reveal is that the joker in this universe is a distraught martha wayne who after the death of bruce like carved her own like smile in her face Ooh. she ends up and this is very bleak um she ends up um uh, Killing herself because this Thomas, this apparently that tie in happens, it's some somewhere in the middle of Flashpoint. Because Thomas tells her that the Flash is going to restart everything, and in the main universe, Bruce is Batman, and she kills herself because she is convinced that Bruce would hate her because he hates the Joker in the main timeline, and she's the Joker in this timeline.
1: Oh, she just kills herself because she's convinced she's become a person that her own son would hate.
0: Effectively, okay, and but she like kills Commissioner Gordon and like tricks him into shooting a kid. It's like, it's man, like, this is not it's fla- like
1: for everybody to do their gory what if fantasy. It
0: is, it's like I'm just imagining like a bright eyed 10 year old going, I want a DC comic, Mr. Comic Book Store owner, sir. And he's like, Try the newest crossover, it's called Flashpoint, it's got all your faves, and it's terrible. <laughs>
1: Yeah, definitely not something for any bright-eyed uh, young reader. Yeah,
0: imagine that being, like, your first comic. You'd, oh. you'd be like, I'm not sure who any of these people are. Are they normally like this?
1: Oh Yeah, I mean, I had some moments with it, because I haven't read a lot of, at least a lot of the major DC characters. Like, I was reading, like, the Aquaman tie-in, and I was like... Something about this origin story tells me it's not right, but I don't really know his origin story.
0: Right, yeah, I remember, yeah, you, you were like, is this, it's close. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with like, it's those subtle differences.
1: hmm That make him an entirely different, terrible person.
0: Yep. Some other fun little tie-ins were, was that Hal Jordan was still a pilot, and he was going to shoot the big missile, which was called the Green Arrow. <laughs> Also, I guess Wonder Woman in this made invisible war jets instead of just her cool invisible jet.
1: Oh, yeah. They had a whole fleet of them that did all sorts of uh, war and surveillance in her military state.
0: Man, it definitely... It is a real shame to make Wonder Woman the, like, Nazi Germany, Germany analog when she, like, in her very early appearances, like, fought against Nazis. That's just, Yeah. That's rough. That's That's up there with me with making, like... Captain America fascist. God, we're going to have to cover that event eventually, aren't we? Ooh.
1: Ooh. Some, of the, some of the best things happen in crossovers and some of the worst things happen in crossovers.
0: This this only got, like, one moment for me where it was almost like a fist pump. Okay. And that was when Superman showed up.
1: Yeah. But he
0: also, like, stomped a woman to death by squishing her, which, like, literally just, like, lands on her and she seems to just, like, poof into oblivion. Like, when you, like destroy a heartless in Kingdom Hearts I expected her to explode into bubbles like she's just literally gone and I was like ooh even even when Superman does the right thing he still like literally crushes a woman to death right it's that one is thankfully not gory but literally she she gets like dorothy out of there like, <laughs> like,
1: like like
0: you almost see like her what if somebody drops a
1: house on you
0: <laughs> Superman is a house
1: <laughs>
0: uh. and yeah then the entire thing ends up not really mattering. The, the we get there's like two permanent things out. of Well, okay, there's like three permanent things out of Flashpoint. The DC universe changes forever. Somewhat important. Mm-hmm. Bruce gets a letter from his dad.
1: Yeah, which
0: that's very good.
1: Uh-huh. That that was a very sweet thing.
0: Although, imagine Bruce reading and his dad just talks about how he murdered his way through all the criminals in Gotham City and on his behalf.
1: Yeah, because we don't really see too much of what no, the letter it's just says. Like, it's just
0: like, my dear son, I'm sure it's not that way. Right. But like, if Bruce met Thomas and saw his methods, he would be like horrified. Oh yeah, because Batman doesn't kill any anybody. That's like his whole deal,
1: right?
0: So he's like, "Wow, Dad, I bet you're doing a great job here." He's like, "Yeah, after I killed everybody, things started to get pretty quiet." <laughs>
1: Uh, only person i couldn't get to was your mom man how does how does the kid with the deceased parents turn out better than the parents who lost their child
0: because he the way i think they explained it is because he almost even as batman to some extent has like a child's sense of justice hmm uh he also he sees a gun as like an ultimate evil and so he won't use guns or violent things because he considers them so abhorrent they like are they're what really like changed his life from a young age so it's like almost like imprinting on him whereas these parents like you know they were already they were advanced in age and they lost like the thing they loved the most but they didn't have like any more they didn't have like any you know any more forming to do
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so it just kind of like pulled the rug out from under them And it just, it just shows like, it shows kind of like two ways of grief, which is like the like, like completely retreating into yourself or like the trying to change things your way. But it's, it's weird because whereas in the main universe, Batman and Joker definitely seem to have some sort of thing that's always constantly ongoing, Mm -hmm. but Batman won't kill Joker. In this universe, the killingest Batman won't kill Joker because it's his own wife.
1: Yeah.
0: It's pretty bleak though. Bruce would not be thrilled So I hope Thomas had like a very edited letter Yes That was like Hey Bruce, my your mom and I at one point Definitely both loved you
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope you have a great life in the main universe <laughs> Love Dad I hope
1: he said main universe In the
0: main universe <laughs> yeah. Would you capitalize main universe? Because I would <laughs> But then Barry gets all his memories of his mom which is nice. Man, his mom, what a lady. Hey, I'll totally die if it means that this goes back to normal.
1: Right? Well, I feel like any sane person would, she would have died anyway existing in that universe. That's true.
0: He's, she just seems like a real stand-up lady.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, she's everything you want a mom to be. You know, lets you live at home as long as you'd like.
0: <laughs> Did you like that? As, always
1: on time.
0: Always on time. <laughs> Did you like that? As Barry got his memories back, it just became more and more like, oh Barry, this universe, like this universe is awful and sucks, but it especially sucks for you. <laughs> Kept going, like Barry, when are you gonna find anybody? Eventually, Dad. And it just like never got better than that. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we it, we talked about that some last episode, but it yeah, even more I think we got even more of those reveals.
0: Yeah, and it just like it was just never just better. amplifying
1: like how alone he was. <laughs> even with his mom. Yep. Oh.
0: Yeah, so that was a real that was a real bummer.
1: I think we're ready for accolades.
0: Christy, what is the best line
1: the best line we've already talked about it my best line comes from element woman her her big appearance uh she comes in says my my name's emily sung but my top secret code name is element woman and then she she chimes in after that anyone want a juice box i brought extra
0: (laughs) it is it's it's a moment that is played that is it's like trying to be our best line bait
1: right Right, um, which, you know, makes me want to not pick it, but it was it was pretty good. Like, my first read-through, I screenshotted it, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be a big contender for that. But also, looking at her costume, I have no idea where she's keeping these juice boxes.
0: Yeah, she has a little pouch, I think I remember seeing, because I was looking for that, too.
1: Okay, I couldn't tell if that was pouch, like, because part of her body's rock, part of her body's like a tree. I wasn't sure if that was pouch or part of, like... The rubble of dead bodies in the background behind her. But yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed it. What about you? Your best line? My best
0: line was, um, after Thomas Wayne stabbed Eobard Thawne through the heart, he said, Doctor's advice, when you're in the middle of a war, don't stand still. I just imagine that.
1: That was my second choice. Had that one screenshotted as well.
0: Because uh-huh. one thing about Iobard Don is in a lot of things he's portrayed as literally like like being almost flickering, and yeah. then he finally was like, "Now's my time to be real arch villainy and explain my whole plot." <laughs> All right, what is the coolest moment?
1: Yeah, let's do coolest moment. So my coolest moment—I'd really been digging on the resistance. So my coolest moment was when they in the, the this final battle uh, appear. We we get. Grifter and the Canterbury Cricket and Hyde and Etrigan, and they picked up somebody else who I don't <laughs> remember actually in the tie. My name's Roy <laughs> uh, and Lady Godiva, but they, they just look real awesome.
0: Hey kid, you want to join the resistance? I don't know anything better to no,
1: do. No, yeah, he was he part of the. He, I remember him from the last few issues, but he wasn't part of the resistance. Oh
0: no, he was. Uh, what was his name? He was the one who Outsider wanted to.
1: Oh, blackout.
0: Blackout. Yeah, there's yeah. blackout. Yeah, because Outs- was...
1: Outsider's there too. I don't. Yeah, they said I don't. I don't know why they get to be in this resistance panel because I don't think they were really doing any <laughs> resisting there.
0: Any Cubert's like I'm drawing them in here. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm barely going to draw these guys oh,
1: Maybe I should have finished reading The Outsider Tie-In It would have explained it for me Perhaps, Perhaps.
0: My coolest moment was that real George Perez-esque page With the three timelines merging together
1: Oh, was my second choice too
0: I'm glad that I'm oh. all of your second choices
1: <laughs> Oh, sweetheart, you're, you know you're always my first choice It's my great minds think alike But not enough alike that we have to daily double everything it's good. It's wonderful. It's perfect.
0: It's perfect. So, do you did you catch what those three timelines were?
1: No, not a clue.
0: Okay, so it's <laughs> the main DC universe, the Wildstorm universe as I explained Wildstorm a little earlier. Uh-huh. It was for a while a separate deal. And then the Vertigo universe, which uh like Sandman and which Sandman was in the in the main DC universe for a while, so some of this was kind of weird to me. When I saw three timelines, I thought, "Oh, like I don't know, like Earth Two, Earth One, and something else." But that is not what they meant.
1: Yeah, uh, I couldn't really tell, but I, you know, it, the art looked really nice.
0: Yeah, it is, it is, it is some, like I said, some real George Perez Crisis on Infinite Earth sort of homage.
1: What about your greatest hero?
0: Barry's mom.
1: Oh, for being like, oh, absolutely, you can, you know, erase my life.
0: She's like, I'll I'll be with your father, which I'm like, that's maybe how that works.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that She's my greatest hero because she did. She one up Barry Allen, who's like, I'm going to go back and change the past because I miss my mom. And she's mm-hmm. like, you real goof. You ruined everything.
1: So I had to go for the obvious one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just because we've been been really trying to talk about and teach the kids at school about taking responsibility for our actions and how we have to take (laughs) ownership, not just of our successes, but also our failures.
0: (laughs) So who's your greatest hero?
1: Barry Allen. Because he takes ownership of his failure. He takes responsibility for his actions.
0: He does. I hope that your students that are listening can really appreciate your commitment to to these values.
1: No, I just think it's a really powerful message that if we want to be good people, we can't, you know, we have to take responsibility for everything we do, not just the good things.
0: Yes. Uh, I've heard people call Barry Allen the greatest villain in the DC universe because of this, but mostly because he brought about the new 52. <laughs> 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 Anyway.
1: Let's be honest. He was a pawn in a much bigger system.
0: Yeah. Barry Allen's a real, he's a real vanilla, huh? He's a real five out of 10 superhero. He's a real, you know, he'll spin around. He'll run real fast. He'll say flash fact. He's just Barry Allen. What's your silly villainy? Because I bet it's different from mine. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, the Crusher Creel Award for silly villainy.
1: Yes, well, we've talked about it, but my Crusher Creel Award for silly villainy once again goes to the Reverse Flash, Eobard Thawne, for his monologuing just before he gets stabbed.
0: He's he's just I, so extra.
1: <laughs> yes. I-, I loved the, I can hurt you, but you cannot hurt me, Barry. The legendary <laughs> Flash cannot hurt Iberthon. And next panel stab. <laughs> he's like,
0: just, oh, jeez He's
1: like, oh. He does. What, what happened there? <laughs> and I was just like, he didn't even have to be there. No. He just showed up once again to taunt Barry in a totally unnecessary show of like, his own force he was doing nothing here but stroking his own ego he was
0: just like i don't really want to knee batman in the face a few times too do you think that that panel's like a good one of those record scratch moments where he's like gored through the chest and it's like Vert. yeah that's me i bet you're wondering how eobird thawne got in this situation
1: <laughs> it's like a real deadpool moment
0: yeah except eobird thawne does not regenerate particularly well He regenerates okay, but not not that well.
1: Well, he's a paradox now, so it doesn't really matter if he gets killed. He can always come back, right?
0: I'm not sure. I don't know where Eobard Thawne appears first after this. I probably should have done a little bit of, a little bit more. Oh, research. I just
1: assumed that this was like their way of making him eternal.
0: I think it, it's definitely like the writer's backdoor, where it's like, I'll just, I'll just bring him in wherever he can just show right. up. Right,
1: he always exists in the time stream. Yeah,
0: I, you, you could, you probably are right to some extent. Mm-hmm. My Crusher Creel Award for silly villainy goes to equally Aquaman and Wonder Woman for that panel where they're fighting. And Aquaman's like, you killed my wife. And she's like, only because she tried to assassinate me. And he's like, you wear her helmet. It's real weird. And she's like, yeah, as a warning. And it's like, like not reading any of the tie-ins. I'm just like, what is going on? This is like
1: murder soap opera. (laughs) Even reading the tie-ins, it makes no sense as to why she wears the helmet. Like it's also like a big point that Aquaman never finds Mira's head. Like she's decapitated, and they get her body,
0: but her her head head is not. Does Wonder Woman ever like explain where she's keeping it? Nope. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a weird detail. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Just keep. We're having some morbid humor uh, in this. It's ruins. It's something, but just kind of keep in our head we're somewhere. We're a
1: humorous podcast, and this is a very morbid crossover. It's, it was not going. What? What are we supposed to have some sort of reverence
0: for? for it. Yeah. It. It does not treat death with any sort of reverence at all. Right. Well, anyway, I figured we could get into Twitter questions as we've been doing on the f- final episode of each crossover. We yeah, have some questions it's been a from Twitter. Fun addition. So, Play Comics Podcast, friend of the show, which of the TV-slash-movie adaptations do you think is the best? If different, which do you think was the most true to the comics? So, the most true to the comics is the cartoon movie, which I have not, I think I've seen, like, maybe bits of, or clips of. But I've read the synopsis, and it's, it's, like, nearly identical.
1: Can I say that I like the way that the TV show covered Flashpoint, like, better?
0: Yeah, it centers Barry. Better than the,
1: yeah, the comic, it actually...
0: It's less murdery.
1: It has stakes that make more sense.
0: It has these very personal kind of stakes, like mm-hmm. Kid Flash is the Flash. But then what's cool about the Flashpoint in the show is it only lasts like two, issues, or two episodes for the most part. Uh-huh. But then when he goes back, things are still slightly wrong, and he's going to go change it again and... Jay Garrick is like you can't keep doing this. You you changed it and you'll never get it perfect and you have to live with that. Right? And I I I like that as opposed to
1: Well, I guess it's all fixed now.
0: Right. Like it it definitely teaches you that no like no matter how much you're sorry for something, sometimes it's just not going to be the way it was before.
1: Some bells just can't be unrung.
0: Yep. And so I I'm, I'm with you. I think that that I think that that does time travel consequences better, and I think it does it, it it does it better compared to. It makes you like Barry less because he goes back and does that. Like it makes him a very flawed character. But in this, it's like he almost ended the entire world. So this is.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the show, he went back and did it right after the death of his father. Yeah. Right, because he he lost his dad, and he's like, you know, I. I really just need my mom right now.
0: And right. he's had
1: he, I mean, you know, he's had all sorts of stuff happening. He with also the first didn't Flash.
0: have a memory loss thing. I mean he was starting to, but mm-hmm. we as the audience didn't get the twist in the in Flashpoint. If it was Barry's fault, you just see him as like a very flawed person going and trying to change something very selfishly and having to live with consequences for it. And I think that's maybe the best way to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, uh, Gossip Girl, friend of the show, everybody's, oh, these people are friend of, friends of the show.
1: As we said, as I said last time, I don't think anybody who's not friends of the show has tweeted us know, questions. These, these
0: are all people that I talk to on a fairly regular basis. Gossip Girl asks, if we had the cash to pick up one of the tie-in books, which one should we get? They're just all, they're just, it's real murdery.
1: I mean, it really depends on what your purpose would be for picking up a tie-in. I, I would...
0: I don't know if i would if I would highly recommend Batman now because I'm just a soft I'm just a softie now and I don't think I would be into Batman, but it it has kind of an interesting premise, and it was a lot of people from what I've read like say say that that one was the best one
1: mm-hmm.
0: I've also heard a lot of people like the Frankenstein one, which we did oh, not get a chance to read, yeah,
1: okay I mean if you're wanting to read a tie-in for the purpose of understanding the backdrop of Flashpoint a little bit more and, like, the war. Like, you get more of the background of the war going on between Aquaman and Wonder Woman and that tie-in. But I really feel like reading Flashpoint, there are lots of moments where you have cool moments with characters that, if it resonates with you, you're like, I, I want to read more about them just for the sake of learning more about that character within this universe. I think Flashpoint itself does a pretty good job of n- no editor's notes just giving you those moments of like, oh, I want to know more about this, which I I just felt like I had those moments, and that's why I read the tie-ins, some of those tie-ins to begin with. Mm. So, I, and I don't know that any that I read, I w- was really like, oh, these, this is like an absolutely amazing comic that I recommend that everybody read.
0: Yeah, it definitely... There's very few tie-ins to comic events that are like considered like the greatest comics of their craft. So sometimes it's hard. Right. But yeah, I think I think that's a good answer. Um so Ravel has a question and a backup question, but I think we can actually answer his first question. Is Wonder Woman's treatment in this event an example of how most writers don't know what to do with her? I mean, I think they kind of did know what to do with her. They just made her extra murdery. But it is like an example of they're like, oh, thank God. We don't have to just make her like like people and be like loving and peaceful. We can make her murdery the way we like our ladies to be.
1: Yeah. It was interesting her commitment to viewing herself in the Amazons as like a warrior nation. Uh Whereas I feel like the other Wonder Woman that I've been exposed to, Like the warrior is like secondary to the humanitarian, but the humanitarian was totally lost here. It wasn't, it wasn't Wonder Woman. Right. It was maybe an Amazon.
0: It was like a like Greek myth Amazon. (laughs) Right. Near has a backup question that I'm going to answer. I think we can answer real quick, but it's going to lead into another question from Robert Secundus. Uh-huh. Near's backup question is, "Do you think this event was enhanced or weakened by turning into, into the reason for the new 52?" I'm going to say weakened a bit, but it, it's so shoehorned in at the end it doesn't I don't think it affects the event too much.
1: To me, it could have ended in a much more interesting way if it didn't have to end in like a reset. Fair. Because, like, we talked about how in the show it was so nice that even though things were quote-unquote fixed, there was still some sort of... And there's consequences here, but no, like, super personal consequences that are actually seen within the crossover.
0: Right. The The net on Barry is, I'm back to the way I am before, with, but now with his nice memories of my mom.
1: Right. Like, it's like, I screwed everything up but I fixed it and now things are sort of maybe better than they were before for me, which is not like really the moral that you'd hope for.
0: Mm -hmm. So Robert Secundus is asking, now that we've had a few years since Flashpoint originally came out, did it have a net positive or negative impact on DC comics and how, or how do we kind of see that impact? So it definitely had a, an impact since that's what the new 52 came from. The new 52 I did. I personally did not like. You haven't read very much New Fifty Two, other than Batgirl of Burnside's, but that when it was. That's when it was starting to pick up, and like parts of it were becoming good.
1: Oh, I love Batgirl Burnside. Oh, right. that was awesome.
0: But that, yeah, that was coming around along the time of the DCU initiative, which was trying to kind of fix some of the things of the New Fifty Two. The New Fifty Two had some of the same problems that Flashpoint had, and that it made some heroes like super serious. Mm-hmm. in ways that they didn't need to be, and a lot of the titles just weren't particularly great, and it, it was, a lot of people just did not like the New 52, and I thought I would really enjoy it, but, and I don't think I ever had a moment where I'm like, wow, I don't enjoy this, but it just kind of made me slip off of DC titles until I think I was only getting Batman, and it's because it was that good, good Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo Batman. Mm-hmm. But I was, like, I had gotten, like, Justice League at the start and Action Comics at the start. And I think I had to, got Detective Comics.
1: Yeah, I remember you being pretty excited about, initially, like, oh, it's this big reset. And, like, mm-hmm. everything was starting again at number ones and, like...
0: Right. But et- then they were, they were, they were kind of milk toast about it. And then, like, like, like
1: what... It didn't his- have the payoff that you wanted. Well, yeah, and
0: what, like, what history counted and what history didn't, it was really hard to know. Right, but then they've they've decided with DC Rebirth to kind of try something else, and DC Rebirth's really good. It's ha- it has a combination of like old favorites with really good writers, mm-hmm. but also like trying some new stuff too. So I don't know. I'm gonna say Flashpoint was probably a net negative, but I, I think we're finally kind of in a better spot now. But yeah, a lot of that New Fifty Two stuff, I was just just not fond of. And a lot of, like, I want to go back and read the DC Rebirth stuff now that that's been out for, like, oh, what, like a year, a little bit more than a year. Yeah, maybe two years at this point. I don't know when Rebirth started. But a lot of that New 52 stuff, I don't even want to go back and read, even though we have, like, the Hoopla app, and I think there's, like, plenty of it on there. Like, whereas, like, this, new, this DC Rebirth stuff, I'm like, okay, yeah, I definitely want to mm-hmm. read some more of that. So yeah, to to me personally, I think it's a net negative. Unfortunately, I'm sure the 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 individual who requested this episode is maybe not going to be super thrilled about that. But that's just uh, that's just the way I feel about it.
1: And if you were wondering, I don't really have an opinion because I don't think I I mean I don't think I've really actually read many comics prior to or DC comics prior to uh, Flashpoint. Like not yeah. much to speak of. Like I wasn't reading comics before. Flashpoint. I'm that much of a no. reader, so
0: Flashpoint came. Flashpoint was literally coming out like the summer we got married.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, I mean you you have a lot more access to DC now that I was like, Christy, get a yeah, library card. There's Hoopla, gosh.
1: Hoopla. If you've got <laughs> access to that, that that was so awesome. I wouldn't have read any of the tie ins without it.
0: Yeah. So it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So the final question, and I'm gonna censor it a little bit at Coltreg Luke Hare is asking, why is DC so thirsty for Flashpoint? Because they kind of are. They just couldn't let it be a comic that was like, okay. They're like, we got to make it a cartoon movie. We got to bring it into the Flash TV show. Bring it into the Flash TV show kind Include of made it, sense.
1: And it worked nicely. But the
0: cartoon movie is just like the comic. But Luke kind of has a good point. And I think DC, DC loves alternate realities like Uh absolutely not to say that marvel doesn't but i mean dc literally had a crossover called multiversity that's just about all the different dc Mm -hmm. universes
1: within flashpoint they get to like explore some of the darkest aspects that are amplified like times a thousand of every character
0: yeah i wonder if that's it if they just like to have like a dark a dark timeline that doesn't actually affect their their pure pristine main timeline
1: Mm -hmm. And so
0: they like to shove it in our faces occasionally. Because, like, there's been several returns to Flashpoint. We'll eventually cover Convergence. Convergence is a DC crossover where it's almost like a Mm meta-crisis. And there's stories from, like, the Crisis on Infinite Earths Titans and the Flashpoint Wonder Woman and the, like, post-Infinite Crisis whatever. And they do just absolute tons of that stuff. Mm. And... So and they and Flashpoint was one of the things that they they decided to go back to as well. Mhm. So I I I do think that they just like they like having like a everything went wrong timeline that's not like it's not like dystopian. It's still very much like a this this is happening right now. Yeah. I think I just think that's why they like to do it, which is interesting because DC, to me, is always the more optimistic of the two comic companies. They have those very archetypal, like, let's do good characters.
1: Right. But you could argue that that's almost more repressed and this is their way of getting it out.
0: For good or for ill, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone, that is going to wrap up our coverage of Flashpoint. Uh, we thank you all for joining us through our journey through the mur- the murderiest of all the DC timelines.
1: Has our Twitter poll wrapped up for our it next has. crossover?
0: So we've been kind of informally doing a rotation of Marvel, DC, X-Men. There's a lot of X-Men crossovers, so they get their own category. Plus mm-hmm. we know a lot about X-Men, so we can cover them pretty well. So Marvel, DC, X-Men, Marvel, DC, X-Men, and we have landed on X-Men, so we put up a poll on our Twitter. Well, I hope you were able to see it. If not, follow us on Twitter, and then you can get these polls. Yeah. Um, if we, if, we're, if we continue along this line of thinking where we're going to do a Patreon, if you're a patron, your vote is going to matter slightly more, and if you are a higher-level patron, you are going to be able to suggest poll items that will be covered. Well, anyway, our X-Men poll was House of M., Mm-hmm. Battle of the Atom, not the uh, not the Superstar podcast,
1: um,
0: <laughs> and, or the Mutant Massacre, and House of M one. So we're going to be covering House of M, which is kind of the anti Flashpoint in that it's a very it's a very like positive universe where mutants are in charge and things are really nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun with House of M. Those tie-ins are very much like their own thing there's tons of them so there's no way in heck we're gonna be able to cover them all uh we're probably just gonna be focusing on the main main title
1: i feel like the more we've read these crossovers the more i'm like ooh, tie-ins like in a way that i wasn't like before if
0: you covered like one crossover story a week for house of m you would have a year's worth of podcasting it's an it's intense because ever i think at least for one or two months every single marvel comic had their own I feel own like little...
1: I feel like this podcast for me is just comic book school like me <laughs> me me getting caught up and uh you know learning to learning to understand all about the comics that i have never read
0: Yeah it is that is uh... that, that
1: is the purpose of our show that is the purpose but of our it show. Is, but it is for me too in addition to you readers this is my journey that And I'm glad to share with you.
0: And I haven't read House of Emin forever, so it'll be fun to reread it. Before we go, if you'd like to get in contact with us on Twitter or Facebook, we're at Chris's Pod.
1: You can email us at chris's on earths at gmail.com.
0: If you would like to rate or review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, we really appreciate it. And we will read your review out on the show.
1: Mm -hmm. Mainly to make ourselves feel good.
0: Yep, we like to pat ourselves <laughs> on the back. Um, if you would like to donate to this podcast, maybe you think you've listened to all twenty-esque more than that.
1: Oh, I have no idea how many episodes at this point.
0: Uh and you think maybe we deserve the a coffee equivalent, you can go to wwwko ficom slash Chris's on infinite earths. And donate to us in $3 increments, like our friend uh, Dan McMahon, who gave us a nice donation on ko And we very, very, very much appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. So if you'd like to do that, uh, you yeah, you can do it in $3 increments. $3 or $9,999.
1: Yeah, you're getting in on my bit. I like it.
0: Yep. <laughs> uh, that's maximum damage in Final Fantasy games.
1: All right. <laughs>
0: Anyway, we will be excited to talk with you all about House of M next week.
1: Uh, two weeks from when this episode M- comes out.
0: Next, We will be happy to talk to you about House of M next time.
1: Next time. And speaking of next time, until next time.
0: Slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours.